The NBA draft lottery is a week in the past, and the NBA draft itself is next month. Which teams have the best players for the best fit, and which players need the best teams in terms of fit? Coming up next on the Locked On NBA Big Board. You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA Big Board. My name is Richard Stamen. You know me better as at Mavs Draft. Uh, I am a credentialed NBA Draft analyst. Been covering uh, all three levels, really four levels, I guess, of the NBA Draft now for about five years at high school, college, NBA, G League, all of it. Uh, getting the full experience ahead of this 2022 NBA Draft. And thank you so much for making Locked On NBA Big Board your first listen of today and every other day. Uh, again, my name is Richard Stamen. I have a guest since Raphael is still in Chicago. He is always working around the clock. So I got someone who I thought would be one of the best replacements for him, and that is Evan Townsend. He is from Project Spurs. He's one of the biggest draft risers on draft Twitter. He's really just he's tackled all of the NBA draft like really fast. He came out of nowhere. We were in some spaces, got to know him. He's been incredible. You've probably seen him hosting spaces with Project Spurs. Evan. Tell everybody about yourself uh, real quick, just like 30 second rundown about who you are, how you got into the draft. And then let's dive right into this about uh, some of the biggest risers and uh, or excuse me, best fits. I'm so focused by you being such a riser. I'm about to start talking about draft risers, but more about the best fits coming up. Oh, hey, man. Uh, thank you for the wonderful intro. That was uh, I definitely appreciate that. Long story short. Um, wow. Um, you know, when, if, when I first came into NBA draft Twitter, I was. Fairly new. I didn't want to tweet anything. You know, I was making sure I didn't want to sound like an idiot. But, um, you know, thanks to a lot of people I met through Twitter and through other audio apps, you know, back in the Spotify green room days, uh, I made a lot of great connects, including yourself. And, uh, yeah, I just pretty much, I guess, started tweeting a lot more like in the last two, three weeks or so, I guess. I don't really know. I don't really remember. But uh, that's when I, uh, I finally got into Synergy. Uh, I finally uh, started watching more and more film and not just YouTube highlights uh, and breakdowns, but uh, I'm subscribed to almost every podcast out there. Shout out to everyone that I've connected with. And uh, I pretty much treat this like school, man. Long story short, I'm really passionate for it. I want to be a scout or um, an agent or an assistant one day in one of the two. Um, so, yeah, like I'm this is this is uh, my passion for, for, for the moment. So. And you're really good at what you do. So let's let's dive right into it, show the people what you're so good at. So if you're not unfamiliar, the Orlando Magic won the NBA draft lottery. Uh, also, if you're unfamiliar, I'm a big Orlando Magic guy. Grew up in or, or from Orlando. I didn't grow up there. I grew up in Dallas, hence the Mavs and Magic name. But so very happy to see Orlando win the lottery for the first time since 2004. After them is Oklahoma City, Houston, Sacramento, and Detroit. We'll mainly be focusing on those teams, but Evan is a Spurs guy, so we're also going to touch on the Spurs eventually down the road. Let's start with the Orlando Magic. I think you and I agree. I, I think even the Orlando Magic agree with us just knowing their archetypes, but who do you think is their best fit for number one? Well, it's not a, it's not the perfect fit. Um, obviously, Paolo and Jabari would be a great additions to the Orlando Magic, but um, I'm going to go with Chad Holmgren. You know, uh, it's not just because of the Jalen Suggs connects. It's not just because... Mo Bamba is trying to recruit Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks <laughs> while he's still signing the Magic. I don't really look into all that kind of stuff and take it too serious, but 
I think Mo Bamba's gone and Chet Holmgren is the is the perfect replacement. Um, Franz uh, did great last year. Franz, sorry, you know, got to get my pronunciation right. And when it when it comes down to it, they have Chumo Kiki. We'll see what's going on with Jonathan Isaac. Um, and Wendell Carter's still there. They take Chet. It's uh, it's a risk. I see and I understand what people are or why people are low on it. But, you know, th- th- that's such a young and exciting team for the future. They'll be in a position that they'll probably be in a lottery next year. And um, they can swing on a couple of free agents. They have some money. We'll see what's going on in their backcourt. But um, I think Chad Holmgren is the, uh, is the guy, number one. Yeah, I think so, too. It's probably – I don't think it's his best fit, which I'll turn that on to you in just a second. Um, but I think that is Orlando's best fit, too. You look at the position with the least amount of log jam, it's center. Uh, maybe forward you can make the case that it is, but uh, I think center is just a one. They don't have a shot creator in the front court, really, in general, outside of Franz Wagner. Wendell Carter, to an extent, is, but not to the level that Chet Holmgren is, and I think that's why Chet is there. But number one fit and probably number one on their board overall, too. So, I mean, it's just a they have him probably as the best talent and best fit. That's why I see him going number one. Now, on the contrary... Chet Holmgren. I, I wanted to do this later, but it's just, it was right. It came off this way. Who do you think is his best fit? And obviously, don't say like Cleveland or something. Obviously that's not even his best fit, but someone unrealistic or like, you know, the Warriors are a great fit, but like they can't, they're not trading up to get him unless they're really mortgaging. Uh, sometimes I say the future, but I mean, they would have to mortgage the current uh, and they're about to win. They're about to be on their way to winning a finals. So, uh, or at least competing for that. So where do you think is Chet Holmgren's realistic best landing spot probably in the top four uh in the top four i was going to give you someone around like seven i was going to say portland um with a bona fide star like damian lillard um Nurkic, we'll see what's going on with him a lot of trade rumors have came out lately with him and we don't know how the front office feels about him and his uh his latest antics but um ideally if you have uh, a solid center there next to him, he'll Chad will be a four to start off his career for maybe a, the first few years. He knows how to avoid contact. He knows how to get to the spot. But realistically, I want I don't want any pressure on him to be a small ball five. And I feel like um, the the centers that that uh, the that Portland have, and then the the people that could possibly bring in the Chris uh, Boucher's of the world, the uh, maybe, you know, uh, let's say Nicholas Claxton, possibly there, there's a lot of, uh, centers on this market, um, that are going to be, that should be in the MLE range, but they're going to get, uh, outbidded by teams who have just a little more cap space. And, um, I think that, uh, I, I know that the Blazers are linked to Jeremy Grant, all that, all that talk and seven with the five and Detroit maybe swapped, but I'm thinking a team like that, or even the Kings, you know, they're in the top four, so bonus. He's a four. Um, I would like them to maybe speed things up and get the tempo going. Maybe he can get stronger, be a five. Um, he's working on his shot. I know he's definitely trying to prove that he's an all-star level player. You bring in someone like Chegg, you make sure he holds it down on defense. He'll be pressing rim protection. That would be a great fit as well. But I think I, <laughs> I think the Kings will king this draft and uh, take a really big risk at somebody, possibly. Uh, someone like Shaden Sharp, maybe, or... Maybe Keegan Murray, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think the Kings might just screw this draft up. I don't know. They'll, they'll surprise a lot of people. Dang, shot at Sacramento out of nowhere. I think I'm, you're going to see from this the, the Chet Holmgren fits are almost universal. That's just his game. He fits in so many places because Sacramento could use him their front court depth outside of Sabonis' week. 
But you look at what he could do in there in Houston, being next to a, a pretty good offensive-minded big, Shingun and, and Sabonis, those are great fits. And also Oklahoma City, he needs they need a center. So I like the fit yeah. on both. But uh, moving to, to the next team, let's let's go just straight down the line. Number two, Oklahoma City, who like say, say let's let's just go off of this. Chet is off the board. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is now the best fit for Oklahoma City? Is it Jabari Smith? Is it Paolo Boncaro? Is it out of left field and you love the Jaden Ivey pick? Who is it? <laughs> I, so I've seen a lot of guards, and this is just my drive. This is in the group chats I've been, and then just a fair consists of people taking Jaden Ivey or Shaden Sharp, not not necessarily at two, but before the, the lighter came around. And I get the Sam Presti mindset. I follow a lot of OKC draft guys. They're really knowledgeable. Um, and I don't see why you would want to take another guard. So, yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. But I, I really think that Jabari Smith is the obvious answer here. Um, when it comes down to it, Jabari Smith, I, I get the 6'11 clay comparison. I get that he's more of a wing than a power forward. But what impressed me more, what, what, what impressed me the most is that Bruce, uh, Bruce Pearl, uh, Pearl came on uh, Jalen and Jacoby and said this man put on 25 big ones throughout the season, 25 big ones in pounds. And uh, I'm looking at his shoulders. I'm looking at his overall build. And in OKC, there's no pressure to win. Um, I think that they'll bring back Baisley. I think that Poku will be there. They'll have, they have no center. And I feel like they can maybe move up to try and get a Mark Williams or Jalen Duran. I wouldn't be surprised if they move back and, and take Jalen Duran, knowing that Derek favors and probably no other centers Besides maybe like uh, Isaiah Hardenstein will probably want to come to OKC, you know. There's a lot of options, but long story short, Jabari, Jabari Smith is the best answer. I, I feel like he has the most star potential out of the top three. I feel like he'll be one of the guys that can be in like the three-point contest year after year after year. He'll have seven, eight-game outbursts just from getting hot. And um, I know people remember his poster dunk in the in March Madness, but – Remember this, Jabari Smith can't take more than three dribbles and gets to the lane in the NBA. That's just my opinion right now. In OKC, they're going to take their time with him. Yes, it may be rough. I'm not counting him out of the Rookie of the Year contest. That hasn't even started yet. But realistically, I would love to see him there. And I would love to see him become the third option, um, knowing that somebody can get um, swooed uh, to OKC through picks. Somebody, um, a disgruntled star, would want to have the second or third um, guy next to him, like Shea, like I've seen the Julius Randles. I've seen some people like that, which makes sense to a T. These are just rumors I'm talking about here, but I really do think that um, Jabari is going to be a nice complimentary fit for the future, especially in OKC. Yeah. I, I think Jabari is probably the real answer for me too, just because you look at what Oklahoma City's doing on the defensive end. They have quietly been one of the better defensive teams uh, in 2022. And Jabari Smith is a great defender, great shooter. I think he fits a lot of what they do, and they're gonna, they've are gonna they made no secret they're going to tank for Wembenyana. Get your, get your true star there. Get your star role player this year. So I like the Jabari Smith pick. Um, I'm a little bit torn still with Palabon Caro, but we'll see what Houston does uh, on the other side. But first, let me tell you about prize picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app prize picks. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know you will too. 
What you do is you pick two to five players in an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals and you can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. So pretty much a specific example, if I wanted to do, you know, say one day, Paolo Boncaro is in the NBA. Paolo Boncaro over on the points one night while the MLB is in action, say it's early in the season and I want to do something in the postseason and say, hey, Aaron Judge is going to hit this many home runs or over under on his home runs for the night. You cross them over and it doesn't just stop at MLB. You can do NFL, soccer, MMA, NBA. There's a ton of options on it. So for a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free and if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, but you must use NBA code, code NBA, excuse me, you will get $50 for free. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans. Sign up today and use code NBA $50 for free. If a player on your first prize picks entries scores a single point. Back here on NBA big board, locked on NBA big board, I should say with Evan Townsend from project Spurs, one of the biggest risers in draft Twitter. We are still going down the list of best fits. We're doing the players. We're doing the teams who we should look for Uh, in the next coming picks. I think this is probably an interesting stretch because you've got Houston who they were the worst team in the NBA this year. Record wise, you have the Sacramento Kings who jumped from number seven. So now they're in an awkward position. And then the Detroit Pistons who they tanked. We're really expecting Chet Holmgren. I know, I know for a fact that was the the player they were tanking for this year. That was number one on their board. They are not going to get him barring a trade. So let's go down the line. Again, the Houston Rockets, who do you think is the best fit for the Houston Rockets and why? The obvious answer is going to be Paolo Banchero. Um, Seattle ties with KPJ, the up-tempo power forward that moves like a wing. I'm, I'm buying his ability to, to create and to, uh, to create for himself and to be a second or third option in this league. And we're going to see a lot of good moments in, in, uh, in Houston. It's almost at OKC. We're going to see a lot of great moments with uh, Jalen Green and their flashiness with Sangoon, the behind-the-back dimes, the, the mellow zip passes across the lane, you know. But they're not going to be good. <laughs> More than likely, they're going to have a lot of, like I said, flashy, uh, crazy moments that, that uh, fans are going to like. But um, until they can figure out what's going on with John Wall and Eric Gordon and free some of their, uh, their other roster spots for more viable pieces that help their timeline. I don't think the Houston Rockets are going to be good, but Paolo Benchero is a great fit. That is, I'm not trying to throw any shots at any teams here. I, we're, we're being realistic. They're not going to be good, but that team is going to be great. It's going to be really fun to watch <laughs> with Paolo Benchero. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, and, and they're not building for next year. That's the beauty of it is they can afford to play around with it. I also agree. Paolo is probably their best fit just because it gives another high level scoring option. I was considering Ivy. I know it's not too popular, but how much do you trust Kevin Porter Jr. as your point guard? Uh, what does the whole point guard situation look like there? Who's their point guard of the future? Those questions are unknown, but they can address that next year. It's not something that is pressing to be needed, uh, needed to be fixed this year. Who do you think is Paolo Boncaro's best fit? Which team, uh, and this can be any of them, including Orlando and Oklahoma City, who have already picked, but who do you think is his best team? Man, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm going I'm to be a homer here. I'm going to be a homer here. And I'm going to say the Spurs solely because, solely because 
if you were to imagine Paolo Banchero next to, let's say Zach Levine, I'm just going to say Rasan Zach Levine. I'm going to say DeJounte Murray and Keldon Johnson. He's a small ball five. Yaka Pro is getting subbed out in the first eight minutes. He's a small ball five. We're bringing Devin Vassell as a shooter. That up-tempo offense, everyone can let – let, let me make this clear. If someone's not going to be able to get to their spot, you'll be able to get in the lane, penetrate, and you'll be able to kick out to somebody that can, that can knock down a three or a mid-range shot in that system. And that's going to be – that would be so exciting. I know everyone saw the lottery rehearsal, quote-unquote, and the Spurs had the number one pick, man. I was fuming. I was fuming. I was in traffic. I was like, man, let me pull over, man. This is BS. But listen, I know that sounds crazy. I know that there's, there's even talk about Houston trading out of three and, and the, the Spurs selling their farm for Ben Cheryl. I think the mayor even tweeted that. I was like, what is going on? But, yeah, it, I'll, I'll say that for now. I know that's unrealistic. In Houston, like I said earlier, he'll thrive. Um, I forgot who made a post about this earlier, but – I'm not really worried about uh, Ben Charles' defense in Houston. Um, it was really more in lines of effort and uh, saving his energy more than in, uh, in Duke's system. Um, I know that his five-star mentality, a lot of people say, I've heard some scouts that tell me, you know, I wouldn't touch Ben Charles unless, you know, there's a coach that can that can humble him like a Coach K or someone with experience. But I, I'm looking at him as a, as a fairly, I don't want to say humble, but a kid that knows uh, his strengths and the kid that could use somebody with uh, with experience, with some veteran leadership, whether it be a coach, whether it be um, another star in the league. And, man, I want you to imagine Ben Sheriff feeling like he could be the second star right off rip in Houston. Sangoon's going to get better. He's going to work on his defense. KPJ, KPJ is, a, is a solid point guard in Houston. I don't know he, he gets a lot of hate, but he's a solid point guard. I don't want to be a six man. I want him to be the point guard in the future. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, and we'll, we'll obviously dive into the Spurs as well later on, but um, who do you think? So let's move on to number four. So I know you, you talked about it earlier with Sacramento mm -hmm. and I know you're not optimistic on, on them getting it right with this big. And I actually think they're in a tough <laughs> position and honestly, they should trade out of this, but maybe even wow. trading back to seven in some way, uh, just to gain assets to stay in the same spot. Wouldn't be a bad outcome. Mm -hmm. I personally, I'm, I, I have an unpopular take because I actually don't even think this player's worthy of a top five pick. But for this team, I think Sacramento's best fit is this player. And that's Jalen Duran for me. I mean, you look at, they have yep. no front court players outside of Sabonis, really. I mean, I'm, I'm low on Metu. And for me, that is a great fit in Sacramento. I think that's really a spot where both teams would be happy to, both sides would be happy to have Duran in Sacramento. I think it's mm -hmm. a really good outcome for Duren to score. You have De'Aaron Fox next to him, Davion Mitchell. Then it can really bolster that defense that they've been sorely lacking. So what do you think about Sacramento and, and potentially even Duren there? I like the Duren fit. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember what Rashawn Holmes' situation is and his contract. Um, but I like him as a backup. Um, if Rashawn Holmes is, is still going to be there, but if he's not um, next to Sabonis, It'll be rough. There's a lot of seasoning and a lot of um, filling out that Jalen Duran has to do. I was really looking forward to his measurements. Um, I really wasn't too worried if he's 6'9 or 6'10. I know he, uh, his weight and his, he has broad shoulders. Um, a good, um, a really <laughs> it's a great athlete. There's no, there's no doubt about it. The volleyball spikes out of bounds. But I'm going to say this here. I've said this on multiple other spaces. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they take uh, Shadon Sharp at four. I know I may sound crazy. I've <laughs> I've been on many many spaces, and uh, I've said, you know, who is, who's a shooting guard for the future for the Kings? It's not Dante DiVincenzo. Davion Mitchell will be a great backup point guard if they keep Darren Fox. Darren Fox is a crazy athlete. Shadon Sharp can jump 49 inches in the air. He's a he's a very 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 big risk. We don't know what this kid can do at the in the NBA at the NBA speed in the NBA day one as a starter or getting starter minutes. But if there were to be any team to just say, hey, let's just let's just see how it goes. I know they they made terrible risk and terrible, um, I guess, reaches in, in, in a sense in their past with Nick Stauskas, Jimmer Fredette, and that, that just, ooh. <laughs> Imagine Shadon Sharp turned out to be like that. That would be terrible. But, you know, man, I don't know, man. I, I'll say that. I like the Jalen Duran. Um, fit there. That makes a lot of sense. We'll see what's going on with Rashawn Holmes. Um, Jalen Duran will be a good starter or backup day one, and they're going to suck. You know, they're not going to make any noise for a while. Um, their playoff streak is one of the longest in NBA history. So, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, they have an interesting one coming up. Uh, coming up, though, we'll tackle the, the Detroit Pistons. And then we're also just going to touch on the San Antonio Spurs since Evan is a Spurs guy and talk about what we think the Spurs should do in the draft, whether it's move up, stay put, move back. They have a lot of options. I'll let Evan talk about that. But first, let me tell you about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com, and you also have a phone with access. With Rock Auto, you save time and money, and why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. And they also have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your car needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So back on Locked On NBA Big Board with Evan Townsend. Let's finish up the top five of what we see as good fits, starting with the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons are, again, in a weird situation where they missed out on Chet Holmgren. That is, for a fact, the guy that they were tanking for. So hard to say um, that they were happy with the outcome of falling to number five. That was, that was a doomsday scenario for them, and it happened. So now they have to, they have to recover. Who do you think is the best pit fit for the Pistons, and who would you take if you were uh, Troy Weaver? Well, they have to take Jaden Ivey at five. Um, Jaden Ivey falling out the, out the top four is a surprise. Um, I, I do see that possibility, uh, his, uh, his uh, possible fit with uh, Sacramento. I know um, De'Aaron Fox is a 6'3", 6'4", guard. Jaden Ivey is a 6'3", 6'4", guard. But if he were to fall to uh, Detroit, um, they have to take them. I, there's that fit next to Cade. I, I, so I want you to imagine this. K, K dribble drive, gets in the lane, kick out, Jaden Ivey dribble drive, 
there's no way you're stopping both of those. <laughs> Are you? There's no way you're stopping both of those out of foul. That the if as long as they have a good strong center, they can dump it down to you. Man, <laughs> man, <laughs> that will be exciting. I I know Keegan Murray's been linked to him. I know Ben McMather. I saw today was linked to him. They have high interest. But Jaden Ivey falling out the top five will be insane. J I know that I've seen John Morant comparisons and draft Twitter guys will say that's crazy, which, which it rightfully is. But for like the regular NBA standard fans, this guy is more of a lines of a Donovan Mitchell mixed with, let's say, the flashiness and the uh, I don't want to say charisma of uh, somebody like um, Darius Garland, but more the lines of, uh, of having the string like handle, not like Kyrie's, but I'm this com this comparison may may seem kind of off here. I know a lot of people won't agree with this, but I'm I'm seeing the same type of dribble moves as Dejounte Murray, the same type of um, fake hesitation moves as Terry Rozier, and these are you know the quote unquote Hooper versus basketball talk that started last year. There, <laughs> man. Jaden Ivey is a hooper. That's the best way to put it. And he's a pure hooper. I, I see him having one of the highest ceilings in his draft. He definitely needs, just needs to establish a mid-range game, um, work better at, at not doing these crazy in re, uh, reaches on defense, and he'll be fine, man. This kid has, start, like I said, superstar potential. And, um, yeah, with that fit in Detroit, man, that, that's exciting. Trust me. Yeah, I, I like the fit on paper. I wonder how Cade in a high-volume – like a high two high usage guards like Jaden Ivey, uh, who I don't know how well he can play off ball. I'm interested to see that fit, but I think Jaden Ivey can hold his own on defense despite being pretty skinny. And I think there's upside there. It, it, you know, it'll take a little bit of a learning curve of playing together, but I think that's kind of what year one is for the Pistons again. Not like kind of like the Rockets, not expected to be good next year. So you have a little bit of a house money to play with. They're another team I also like the Jalen Duren fit for just because I know they liked Chet Holmgren a lot that maybe they could go for another center. They might be the team to reach for him in the top five. Could really see that. Moving on to your San Antonio Spurs. I know you're, you're a big Spurs guy. You, work, you do work with the Project Spurs. What are your expectations for number nine? And really just the – we'll start with number nine, and then we can talk more about the draft as a whole. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So – um, a lot of Spurs fans want them to take the best player available, the guy with the highest ceiling, uh, the most potential. That's quote unquote what uh, Brian Wright has said in previous years since he's taken over. Um, that's what he said about Josh Primo. That's what he said about Joe Wieskamp. They have the highest upside for those picks, in their opinion, and it's not necessarily about fit. Um, I like Tori Eason or Jeremy Suhan at nine. Um, I feel like they'll both be there. I don't really have a favorite at the moment. Tori Easton's more of a three and a four. Jamie Sohan's more of a four and a small ball five. Jamie Sohan's shooting and his mechanics really equal out um, Tori Easton's loose ball handling and, um, and his turnover problems and his foul proneness. There's no right answer, but as long as I get one of them, I'll be satisfied. Now, here's the thing. We have two other first-round picks and pick 38 in the second round. If I'm looking at DeJounte Murray and I'm taking him serious, that is now, I wouldn't bring in four rookies to this team. That doesn't make any sense. I'm looking to trade up 
I'm looking to package these picks to get a veteran. I'm looking to make something happen in a four or five team mega trade that may shake things up with our with takes Devin Vassell, a Trey Jones, even a primo away from this team. I know some of these guys just got mur uh, murals. That is sorry. I know that they're beloved in this city. And why would you why would you get rid of somebody that's that's that has a high ceiling that's unproven? We need to win. The Spurs are, quote unquote, the Indiana Pacers of the West. We are the definition of mid. How long do you want to be mid for? How long do you want to be in that eight to 11, the play in range for? How long does Coach Pop have left in the tank? How like, seriously, let's let's think about this here. If you were to package 20 and 25 to move up to maybe 16 with Atlanta, could you possibly squeeze out a DeAndre Hunter if you give him Doug McDermott or, or Josh Richardson? Could you add a future uh, future pick, throw in Zach Collins, maybe Yako Pertle to get a, not, not to Atlanta, but to get a John Collins in a three-team trade with, with the Hornets? There's multiple things that can happen, and a lot of teams in the – 11 to 15 range they might be moving to, uh they might be looking to move up to get that last rotation piece uh new orleans is, is right ahead of us they can steal dyson daniels away from us dyson daniels will be the perfect combo guard for this team he'll he'll be able to play next to trey jones he'll be able to play next to primo to take away on ball um uh duties for him his second year which he struggled with in austin there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of variations i, I pretty much named my my first six or seven off the top of my head, but man, we, we have to get a power forward. I will love athletic big men and I will love a combo guard. If we land a Marjan Beauchamp at 20, I'll be satisfied. He said on record, he would love to be a spur, uh, Seattle, Washington ties, Yakima. If you know, if you know, you know, and let me tell you, man, I, I, I love his game. I love Jake LaRavia. I love EJ Liddell, uh, Hugo Besson. I can go on and on, but um, but yeah, those are some of my top guys. And I, I don't think there's no way the Spurs, quote unquote, lose this draft. I don't think, I don't think that's possible. Yeah, they have a lot of options they can go through. I think they're one of the more interesting teams just because of all the picks they have. And like you said, you know, they don't have the uh, really the room to take on four rookies. And, and they're in a spot where they just made the play in tournament. They're trying to win next year. And trying to grow fast, I think they have to take a lot of high floor, high ceiling guys. They maybe with one of their second round picks, they can afford to take a swing. But for the most part, they got to play it somewhat safe and add guys that can play now. And that's what makes them so interesting. And uh, and just one last thing before before we log off, what do you mm -hmm. think is more likely: the Spurs trading up or trading down? I I, I want to say staying put, but that's a boring answer. But if you had to guess if they were going to move up with all those picks or if they were going to move down and combine some, which do you think is more likely? I don't think moving up in this draft, um, I, don't, I don't want to say it's, a, it's impossible, but there's so many other teams that don't have cap space in this league. Over two-thirds of, of, the, of the 30 teams in this league do not have cap space to spend on guys. They want that last uh, rotation-ready young guy, Tori Eason, Jamie Sohan, Benedict Matherin, um, Portland, New Orleans, Detroit. I know these teams are all in, have different rankings. They all have different situations, but they can definitely use another rotation piece uh, at a veteran, a Julius Randle, a Jeremy Grant, 
uh, a PJ Washington, you know, and um, moving back, what that tells me, if we were to move back from nine, is that we're getting a, we're getting a goddamn veteran. <laughs> we're getting a veteran. It'll be somebody that has value and it'll be somebody that has a situation that they don't like. Um, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter. Um, I'm not buying the spider fit in San Antonio. I don't think Pop likes Spider and his, and his ability to not play defense. Uh, no, no shots there, but there's a lot of just under the table, um, su- quote unquote, surprising signings. Uh, the Spurs can make in free agency and uh, like the Chris Boucher's, the Kyle Anderson uh, reunion, something like that. Jalen Smith. And uh, as long as we were to grab maybe one rookie with high upside, a Jake LaRavia, Marjan, even a Ty Ty Washington, we need a com- we need a combo guard in this team. Um, all these variables, all these options. Brian Wright has probably two phones. <laughs> Brian Wright is, is is a busy man. He's probably stressed out to him. Hope he's uh, in good spirits because this is going to be a stressful next th- next thirty days and leading into free agency. So, hey, good good words as always. You're really strong on the Spurs. Again, you do stuff with Project Spurs and also just always on the Twitter spaces, talking Spurs and talking draft. Evan, where can everybody find you? What is your Twitter? What's the best way to find you on, on social media? So you can follow me on Twitter at Evan Townsend underscore. Uh, make sure you follow Project Spurs as well. Um, I love working for them. I love uh, hosting spaces. Special shout out to my co-host, Ben Bornstein. Great guy. And uh, yeah, that's really it. Hey, appreciate you having uh, you all those strong takes. I like it. There were definitely some spicy ones in there, but I appreciate <laughs> you coming on, Evan. Uh, looking forward to doing this again in the future. And for your second listen, go ahead and listen to Locked on NBA throughout the entire playoffs and NBA draft cycle. They also have you covered under 30 minutes or less, and they'll be talking about the Celtics Heat Series and then tonight's upcoming Mavs and Warriors Game 4. Thank you so much for listening. And tomorrow, Raphael will be back and he is going to be talking about do centers matter in the NBA draft. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day as we approach the one month mark until the NBA draft.